Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Sal Capaccio joins now on the Wester Hotline on a sunny. I mean, the, the the sun is so bright, Sal. It's like hitting the blinds in the studio here and then bouncing off. Where I'm like, should I even go up and close the blinds because it's getting so bright in here, which is good. I know. I love that. I love it. And I mean, the days are getting a little longer now as we go, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, once you get to December 21st, which is the shortest day of the year, they start to get a little bit longer every day. And then pretty soon we're going to turn our clocks again. And oh, here we are. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And Joe, it has been so like wet. The snow, the rain. I mean, we got to dry out a little bit. And of course, I mean, just the flooding that's been going on in the area. Just I feel so bad for a lot of the people in those areas where that's been happening. No doubt. Been seeing those stories. But I know even like I don't flood here where I live, but man, my backyard and out front and the mud and all that just it kind of gets gross and disgusting. And every time you walk outside, it's all over the place. So let's get a little let's dry that up a little bit, too. You know, yeah, the the mud has been crazy. Anyone that's letting dogs outside knows the uh, the, the, the deal. Yeah. In the last couple of days, sure. got to be wiping paws when they come inside every time. So, Sal, we talked a little bit about him this week and this possibility, but the news yesterday for the Bills, not stunning, right, that Bobby Babich gets named uh, defensive coordinator? No doubt. Uh, Not a huge surprise, um, but, you know, something that I think people were still wondering would happen, and a lot of that was tied to his opportunities and interviews he was getting with the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers, and the Miami Dolphins. And there's been a thought out there, and a lot of people have said, hey, just hire him now so you don't lose him. And that's fine. And maybe that happened. I don't know. Like, we don't know exactly the timeline, what his actual opportunities were. Was he offered a position? Was it always just going to be him? And, you know, they wanted him to kind of go through that process. Whatever. There's a lot of different scenarios that could have happened here. But I would say this. The Bills aren't going to make Bobby Babbage their defensive coordinator unless Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean feel comfortable about Bobby Babbage being their defensive coordinator. Hmm. They're not going to hire him just to keep him in the building and give him a promotion. That's not how it works. Yes, you want to keep him in the building. Yes, you lo- you know he's a very talented, good, young coach. But to promote him to that title, he's going to have to you know, earn it. And he did. And that's my point. Like It's not like you're not just doing this just to keep him away from another team. That's not how. That's not why you do things like this. So good for him. He's earned this position. He's earned this job. And um, 
you know, we'll see. Now the next question, obviously, Joe, is going to be, will he, you know, call defensive plays? We don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to, you know, check in yesterday, find out if I could f- find out anything on that, but there's really been nothing from the team. We don't know, and we might not know until maybe even the combine when we talk to Sean McDermott and Brandon B. Maybe there's something before that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised, Joe, if maybe we don't know even after that, which is, hey, we're going to go into the offseason, see how it goes, and Bobby's going to take some things off Sean's plate, and we'll see how it goes, and you know, maybe by the time they get to training camp, they'll have it all sorted out. I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'll be interested to see when we find out or if we do, because that was the one thing I was wondering is, right, like you, you made the right point that they're not going to make him defensive coordinator if they didn't want to, my wonder was, would they, would McDermott be willing to give him play calling duties if it meant, you know, maybe Miami's different even than the other two. Like if McDermott is sitting in his office and thinks, well, if I don't let him call plays, he's going to go call plays for my division rival. So if it's not, it it depends. Like if he really wants to call plays McDermott, then he's not going to let that deter him. But I don't know if he was still considering whether or not he still wants to do it. I wonder if something like that could push him over the edge of, well, if I choose to not do it anymore, this will be make it more likely that I can keep this guy in the building. Right. And, you know, part of that byproduct, too, is if you do, if you keep him away from Miami, it's a team you're not only facing twice a year, obviously, your division rival, mm-hmm. they're going to have a very good understanding of your scheme, right? Yeah, right. You know, he, he's the guy who's been in here for a while. So those are always things. Like, remember, hey, remember when the Bills played Brian Dayball? And there was talk, like, after the game, basically, Dable, Wink Martindale, whoever said, like, yeah, we kind of knew a lot of the stuff the Bills were going to do because Dable had been there, and this is the stuff that they were still running. Um, This is, again, a byproduct of if you keep away from Miami, twice a year you're not playing against a defensive coordinator who says, I know exactly what the Bills are going to do against this look or that look. I was in that system for a while. I know what a lot of their checks would be. And, of course, you change those things as you go. But for sure. And look, I, I think that, you know, it's a it's it's a nice change to have a, a fresh mind always with fresh ideas. And when you're in a position to bring those ideas to the table, not that he necessarily could never do that before. I'm sure he could. But now when you're the guy, you're running the show and, you know, you're kind of setting the game plan. You know, it's always good. It's always good to get some fresh ideas and new perspectives. And, um, you know, you listen to guys like Tyrell Dodson, who tweeted out yesterday that Bobby Babbage is the best coach he's ever had. I mean, I think you know things like that mean a lot. And when, when the players have that kind of respect for someone, it's not it's not just liking a coach; it's having respect for a coach. Um, you know, teaching and coaching. Now, this is their profession. These guys, Tyrell Dodson. I know Matt Milano has spoken very glowingly about him. I know that Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have spoken very glowingly. And it's not because they're just like buddy buddy. It's because these people help them in their careers and they advance on, and that means a lot. You, you're talking about three all pros that he's coached over the last what four years with mm-hmm. Hyde, Poyer, and Matt Milano. Right. Yeah, I was like the position groups that he's touched, Sal. I mean, there's really a a lot to go on here, right? Of like success stories, guys developing. He wasn't one of the all pro guys, but. I mean, how much better can you get from a prospect or a young player that seemed like he was nowhere to, oh, look how important it was for them to not have Terrell Bernard in the final game of the season. And again, right. like, I don't know how much credit he deserves for Bernard becoming what he did, but he's the, he is the positional coach for that position, so he's he's got to get at least some. For sure. And I would say, though, there's always a transition of when you become the position coach and then you become the coordinator, like how much your hands are going to be on the position. 
we don't know if he's still going to be linebackers coach, right? I don't know if that mm-hmm. was the official title, not official title. Let me go and look. Maybe it's even on the website because they haven't changed some other things there. But that's something that, you know, if he's going – it's the same thing we talk about with Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. If he <coughs> excuse me, runs the defense and you say, well, there's so much on his plate, like as the head coach, can he run the defense? Well, let's at least think about if Bobby Babbage is running the defense, whether he's calling plays or not, if he's running the defense from Monday through Saturday and putting in the game plan and – has his, his, he's watching everything, you know, now you have to also make sure that someone's taking care of and doing everything with the linebackers to keep them doing exactly what they've been doing. So, yeah, I do think it's a um, it's mm-hmm. a it's something at least to, to think about as they go forward here. And I I don't know if they're going to have a special linebackers coach or if he's going to be the linebackers coach. As far as I see, he only has a defensive coordinator title right now and they don't have an actual linebackers coach, which could still be him. But I think all that's got to get sorted out. So we do this more with Brady, right? Like with in, in the offensive stuff, like what does the coordinator want? You know, like what right. type of personnel what they want? I don't know how deep there is to even go on with this cell with when it comes to Babbage, especially when well, I guess we could talk about it, like what safety means in general, even if it doesn't have to mean Babbage. The two positions that he coached for the Bills, I mean linebacker, they're set. Like when healthy at least, you know, their starters are gonna be Bernard and Milano. Maybe behind that is the question. Safety, though, is more interesting this offseason for what becomes of it. I mean, it could even be two new guys, let alone I, – I have to think where we're at, right? It's at least going to be one. <clears throat> Joe, I think it could – I mean, you're really looking at – you could have four new guys. And I, I'm not saying I think it's going to be that way. I think – look, Jordan Poyer has a year left in his contract. But the way the Bills talked about Poyer and Hyde was very reflective – and the way that it kind of feels is that maybe, you know, they're going to move on from him. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he comes back. They say, we got to have him. Uh, not costing a ton of money. Yes, they can save money. We can do that. We know Micah, Micah Hyde's contract is up. We know he's older. He's had the injury. Feels like that's going to happen. But let's also remember, Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis are also free agents. Mm-hmm. And if a team has a chance to bring in guys who are part of the top, top defense in the league under – you know, Sean McDermott and his staff to bring them on a one or two year deal. Maybe they jump at that and those guys could get opportunities to go elsewhere, but they could also stay in Buffalo and really kind of become the starting safeties. To me, I think this is all up in the air. Now, you know, my affinity, my affinity for Cam Lewis. I talk mm-hmm. about him a lot. I think Cam Lewis is one heck of a football player. He does so much for this team. And no, is he is he Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer? No. But man, he is the backup nickel to Taron Johnson, and I think he could start at nickel in some teams in this league. He is the number four safety who comes in and dime packages. He does so much. He's a special teams guy. He's a very valuable piece to keep. He knows this defense. He went to the University of Buffalo. He's been here, uh, started his family here. I, I would think that if you want to keep Cam Lewis you can keep Cam Lewis unless he gets blown away by another offer. I think Taylor Rapp's an interesting one. So to me, because Taylor Rapp may say, hey, look, I got a chance to start here. They saw me. I saw them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Bills want to have something new there. So I do think that that, and I'm not, I don't want to dismiss DeMar Hamlin. To me, DeMar Hamlin, though, is a backup safety. That's what he is. I don't think you want to go into the season with DeMar Hamlin as one of your starting safeties. I, I'm fine. He's going to compete for a, for a job. We'll see if he plays special teams. There's no guarantee he makes it. He was on the bubble last year making it. I'm focusing on Poyer, Hyde, Rapp, and Lewis. Hyde, Rapp, and Lewis are all free agents. Poyer isn't, but that could very well be something that they're moving on from. You may be looking at four new players of that position, or maybe they come back with Rapp and Lewis, and I don't know 
how that makes you feel. Like if I said to you right now, next year starting safeties are Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis, how confident are you? I'm not that's a good question. I don't know. It's certainly I it's it's weird because safety I feel like historically, and maybe this is even still true, has been one of those positions where you don't have to go all out, right? You don't have to pay a ton of money. Like you can kind of just pick and choose your spots at that position. But at the same time, it's been so key for the Bills because they've had all pro play back there. We've seen how important that is. Where I I wonder, like they said when they brought Hyde and Poyer in. They weren't like the biggest contracts in the world. Like Hyde's was a decent size. No. Poyer though was kind of more of a, hey, this guy was not really a key player in Cleveland. It, it wasn't quite a flyer, but it was. Let's see if he'll ascend here. Um, maybe that's what they would try. You know, like without having right. to feel like we need to spend a first round pick absolutely on safety because we've got to have the all pro guy or we're we're, we're screwed. No, I, I agree with that. And let's remember how they why they signed Jordan Poyer. He was in Cleveland. Bob Babich was there. I think Bobby was too, actually. But Bob was, Bob Babich was on that staff and kind of said, "Hey, this is a guy that I think we can work with and we can use here." And that was a really great, you know, key endorsement and for them to go sign him. That was the at the time how it was explained. Um, you know, maybe you find someone like that. Maybe there's somebody on staff who's worked with a guy who's a lower level guy, is not getting an opportunity somewhere, and say, "Hey, you know what? That's a guy that we can bring in here to Buffalo." Let's also remember salary cap constraints, and they did have some back in 2017, of course, when they made those moves. But they have a lot more now, even I'd say. And you're not going to be able to go out and get you know top end safeties and pay them. You're going to have to rely on cheaper deals and shorter deals, probably one year deals. How they got Taylor Rapp? I mean, Taylor Rapp. Look, Joe. I mean, when, when people thought that. Jordan Poyer was gone. I thought Jordan Poyer was going to leave last year. And Taylor Rapp was a name out there that, hey, if Jordan Poyer leaves, maybe Taylor Rapp can be signed by the Bills to be a starting safety. They get him as the three safety. They get him as a backup. So there are guys out there that you could probably you know bring in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting how they approach this position. It is a very key position. The one thing I'm not interested in, I'm not interested in Christian Benford moving to safety. I think uh-huh. he showed enough yeah. at corner last year to be a solid starting corner in this league. I'm glad you mentioned that because I had that written down as something to bring up because that he is always the guy mentioned there, and I think that's because even maybe the Bills have admitted this, that he, they think he might have the capability to do that. Yes. But I'm in agreement with you, Sal, that like he there are some numbers that I've pointed out where like he's top 10 among corners at preventing separation this year, and there those charts you see with that number on it. He's around like the Patrick Sertans and you know some of the top corners in the league. I don't think he's getting the tougher matchups like those guys, but I saw nothing from Christian Benford in year one or two that makes me want to take him out of the, of the starting rotation at corner. And and especially when like you might seem like they're deep right now at corner, but you move Christian Benford to safety, and suddenly I'm feeling a lot more uncomfortable about my cornerback situation because White and Elam are question marks. It's a great point. Russell Douglas did play a little bit of safety at Green Bay. I don't want that either. We saw what he does as a corner and a ball hawk, right? I mean, you you have that. I think yeah. that sometimes I think sometimes we get a little too caught up. Maybe we do. I think a lot of fans do in we'll just move this guy to safety. Move Tredavious White to safety. Move this guy. Like it's a totally different position. Yes, yeah, some guys can make the transition. Some guys just aren't built for it. I don't think Tredavious White's a safety. Not in this defense. He's got you got to tackle. And he's not a great tackler. He's not someone like that's a guy that is going to be, you know, on the boundary covering 
a, covering mm-hmm. uh, a receiver and you know he's traveling last year the best receiver that's not necessarily his game now I understand as you get older maybe certain skills deteriorate so maybe you fit more in going straight line instead of rotating your hips all those kinds of things Aaron Williams is a great example of moving from corner to safety and he was really good at that and he excelled at that but Aaron Williams came into the league and he just wasn't quite the kind of corner that could mm-hmm. keep up with wide receivers in the NFL but man he is he was so physical and he was very smart. He just fit the mold. He should have been a safety when he came in the league. That's not the case with a guy like Tredavious White. That's not the case with a guy like um, Rasul Douglas necessarily, right? I mean, I think these guys are corners. I, honestly, if I looked at it, if I could pick a guy on the on the Bills like corner list who might, to me, fit more of a safety mold, it might be Dane Jackson. But right. I don't even. I'm not interested in that either. He's a nice backup corner, and I, I think that would be a tough transition even for him. Yeah. But I think that guy, like, oh, and he's a free agent by the way. And I'm not suggesting they're going to do anything like that. But I look at the list and I'm like, I, I really don't want them to do anything like that. I think they have a good group of corners right now. And then the other one we talk about is Kyrie Elam, right? That Kyrie Elam's not a safety. I, he's a right. corner. He he's a lot more of the Tre'Davious White mold than he is the Christian Benford mold, right? I mean, he's just mm-hmm. he's a longer guy. He's athletic. He's he's not a guy. He's not a really good tackler. Um, he improved that this year, yeah. but you you got to have Hyde and Poyer. Those guys are they can play in the box. Poyer was playing dime linebacker. Like that's the kind of guys that go to safety. I Elam to me right. You you talked about his improved tackling. Um, I'm looking at like his missed tackle percentage uh, numbers and like rookie year horrible. Last year pretty good. But even if he's got the tackling squared away. What what do you think of a safety like needing to know like recognizing right like zone coverages especially right because oh, yeah. safeties are almost never and playing that's been man. the knock on him right and like yeah the, imagining him figuring that out just seems like he would be on Mars trying to figure out that position um I, I don't right. think, I don't think they need to do it either and like I think the guy you're I think maybe this is like a further down the road conversation I'm thinking of D'Angelo Hall as a guy that was a really good corner for a really long time, and then he got to like his mid-30s, and he switched to safety full-time. I, I think right. we table this conversation for like two years from now, Sal, when Rasul Douglas might not have the mm-hmm. speed anymore to keep up at corner because I think down the road, like he, he just screams a guy that like late in his career could be someone that makes that transition. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's right. And he has done it before, right? So... Yep. And he is actually he's actually older than Tredavious White, right? I mean, but we know Tredavious White's had the injuries, so we talk about him. We talk about Tredavious White like he's some, you know, you know, old guy walking out there. You know the meme with that old guy in the flag football yes. game? We, we talk about <laughs> Tredavious White like that sometimes. That's not him, but he's had the injuries, so I understand. But Rasul Douglas is actually a little bit older than him, but he's obviously been healthier, and it's an interesting discussion going on. And you you can never have too many corners, and injuries happen, so I'm not eager to see them moving guys Let's see how it plays out in free agency in the draft. I think what Brandon Bean said was interesting. They like their depth at corner. He said that, mm-hmm. which is interesting to think about how they might attack the offseason. And I don't think you have to spend a lot to keep Dane Jackson. He he was in this position last year. They they brought him back. I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but you never know. I mean, that's what happened with Levi Wallace a couple of years ago. He didn't get a huge deal from the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it was, was one the Bills couldn't match. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Bobby Babich, by the way, you did mention he was in Cleveland. He was the assistant defensive yep. backs coach 2013 and 14, and then he was the same role plus safeties coach in 2015. So he would have definitely been familiar with Poyer from them. Yep. Uh, hired as defensive coordinator. Last thing on the defense, Sal, before we let you go. 
the defensive line going into the offseason. I almost want to maybe start with Edge. We can do both here if we're on a time, if not. But Edge-wise, how, mm-hmm. how likely is it to you that they bring back, should I say either Leonard Floyd or A.J. Epinesa? Bringing both back seems like, you know, they, that's a ton of money maybe to think that they could pull off. Um, how different do you expect them to look at, at the edge position next year? I think it'd be hard to bring either one of them back. I feel they're all they're both in different circumstances and situations, though. I think the season that Floyd had backed up what he's done the last few years. He's probably looking at another <clears throat> one-year deal somewhere. Maybe that's in Buffalo. I don't know if they have that kind of money because you know they just paid him pretty good money for one year. Does he wait it out again and then see what's available? It worked out for him to get a nice gig and some decent money. Maybe that happens, but I just don't know how you find the money for that necessarily. And, you know, I think A.J. Epinesa is an ascending player. And not that he's this, you know, high-end. We know he's not like the high-end sack guy or anything like that, but he does some nice things. He could be a real good part of a rotation. All it takes is one team. All it takes is one team to say, hey, that guy really fits what we do. Um, you know, we can give them a nice contract. Bills can't match because of their salary cap situation. So I think it's going to be challenging to to keep either one of them, to be quite honest. Yep. Excuse me. Hold on, Joe, one second. Nope, you're good. Epinesa, by the way, if you look at... Um, you Sorry about that. No, you're good. Epinesa's spot track market value, if you're looking at what he could yeah. fetch in free agency, because you're right, like, sack numbers aren't totally there, but they weren't bad. Uh, right, Just under $6 bucks. Per year, which even that, like, right. it's not a huge contract, but that's, that's tough. That's that's a tough deal, I think, to pull off. It is, and again, yeah, I don't think you're getting both of them back, but even to me, getting one or the other, either one of them is going to be tough. You may be looking at you know one year deals here again around the board for a lot of these defensive linemen. Shaq Lawson's a free agent, but Shaq Lawson keeps coming back in a one year deal. You can get Shaq Lawson back in a minimum deal. There's nobody's nobody's. Hmm. paying him really anything other than that. That's mm-hmm. been the case the last few years with Shaq Lawson. He's been in the league for eight years now. So, you know, I don't think that's a issue. I look at D-tackle, same thing. Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, Joseph Ford. Jones is the one. <clears throat> Jones yeah. might get a little bit more money. But if you look at Phillips, Settle, Joseph Ford, you could probably get one-year deals on those guys. And if you don't, Joe, <clears throat> you know you're getting? You're getting the same kind of guy in a one-year deal. Yep. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. All right, thanks, Sal, and uh, stay tuned for the Extra Point Show. No me on the Extra Point Show today, but I'll be back with Sal tomorrow when uh, Jeremy's back. So thanks, Sal. All right. All right, talk to you then. Thanks. All right, we will take a timeout here. If you're on hold, stay there. We will get you in. We also have Derek Tate coming up in the next segment from uh, Pro Football Network, fantasy writer for Pro Football Network, but he dove in. We're going to talk less fantasy with him, with Derek, more on – these draft receivers, the Senior Bowl, which is happening this week. He just went through Dovin and all these guys to do his dynasty um, rankings for the upcoming draft season. But a lot on the upcoming receiver class and the draft in general with Derek Tate. Coming up next, stay tuned. Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy off today. This is WGR. Huge play for the Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Murphy. Throws a deep ball into the end zone. He's got Mitchell, and it's caught. Adonai Mitchell with the Texas touchdown. I'm always trying to guess. Josh has got like a stable and arsenal of receiver highlights back there. That I'm always trying to guess, like which one that was. Missed it. I forgot there was another Texas guy. It was going Xavier Worthy on that one. I'm more into Adonai Mitchell. Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy. I, I like them both. I, if the Bills could get them both. That'd be pretty cool. Big guy. But, oh, yeah. Big. Big guy. Receiver obsessive. We're 85 days until the train comes to station here. The wide receiver train. Jody Biasi, Jeremy White is off today. Let's go out to the Wester hotline for more on the receivers. It's Senior Bowl week. We're excited as we try to turn the page from a uh, deflating and depressing end of the season for the Bills to hopefully a hopeful offseason. Derek Tate. Pro Football Network, now on the West Sur Hotline. Derek, thanks for jumping on. First time talking. Glad oh, to have you. Thank you for having me on. I'm always excited to talk a little bit of football, but this incoming group of rookie wide receivers <laughs> could be special. Something to rival the 2014 class. Thanks for having me on. Perfect, because uh, the, the Bills, well, we think they need it. Before we get into the individual players, the Senior Bowl guys this week, um, Derek, of course, writes for Fantasy and has his Dynasty rankings up, by the way, at ProFootballNetwork.com. The Bills in particular, how their season ended, and whether you feel like we're on the right track for a response to the end of the season, that is, you just don't have a downfield passing game, you don't have a good outside option if especially if Stefan Diggs takes a step back and they need to they, they need to replace the Gabe Davis role especially considering he's probably going to leave uh, in free agency. Yeah, you're you're thinking about Gabe Davis, sure. It, the the volatility just has been it wasn't on, no season more so where it was on full display. 5 5 games I think mm-hmm. without logging a single receiving yard that's insanity so and and in this draft class there are a ton of kind of profiled out receivers that are either x or outside receivers that can get vertical and kind of take advantage of what josh allen does at an elite level which is push the football down the football field which we've seen like with even justin herbert some of the other signal callers just not having the right ingredients on the team to kind of maximize your young 
superstar quarterback's potential. I definitely see the Bills adding a wide receiver if they don't bring back Gabe Davis, and we'll certainly see how that situation plays out with Stephon Diggs, who had a rough end of the season. So let's talk about the guys that could be on the board for them late in the first round. I think we can, for our purposes, we can skip over um, at least Marvin Harrison Jr. I think for now it would be the most stunning thing of all time if the Bills were able to get their hands on him. Um, is there a name that comes to mind knowing the type of skill set they need to, which is probably downfield and speed for like a late first round guy that you've been ranking uh, in your fantasy ranks here? Yeah, sons of Troy. Troy Franklin from Oregon. This guy has – he checks a lot of the boxes that you're looking for for a, an outside vertical threat. The, the real encouraging thing, though, there's a lot of suddenness for a guy that – has his type of frame, and he got better and better every single season that he was in college. And that collegiate production, although it, it, it doesn't always translate to the NFL, but when you, you kind of add that context, I, I think the reason why Bo Nix is even in the conversation for potentially sneaking into the end of the first round is because he had a dynamic playmaker on the outside like Troy Franklin to kind of – help his development uh the vertical speed is there kind of surprising foot quickness for a guy that's his size i i like him as a route runner too there's some things physicality wise that i do worry about translating to the next level I, i think his play strength is more adequate than it is a strength for him but there's a lot more to like about what this guy brings to your offense, in particular, explosively vertically down the football field. Uh, I really like Troy Franklin coming I'm, out of Oregon. I'm glad you mentioned like the play strength part of that, too, because this is the guy, I mean, it's very early, so you know, in a couple of months I might have a completely different guy I want to see the Bills pick. But Franklin is the guy I've identified early here because you see the speed, you see the separation ability, and you see how big he is at six foot three. Like, I've been trying to figure out, like, why isn't he thought of higher? Like, why would the Bills even have a chance of getting their hands on him? But I think you kind of said it there, maybe, that while he's 6'3", like, he's not, I'm not expecting him to go make Julio Jones catches in contested situations, maybe? Sure. Yeah, that's not what I would be trying to, I think if you can get that from him, that's a plus. But what you want is you want a guy that can vert- that can win on the outside, one-on-one matchups, and certainly open up things and, and, and force defenses into those two high shells uh, to open up the running game. And that is something that Troy Franklin, the day that he comes into the NFL, he, he's instantly a vertical threat when he steps on the football field. Uh, another one of the things, yeah, he, I think he's going to test very well in the 40, but one thing that I do like to look at with these prospects in today's kind of analytical space is their actual top speed that they clocked out at. And Franklin, you know, was constantly hitting, you know, whether it's 21 or 22 miles per hour, the man can absolutely fly with the football in his hands as a ball carrier. And it can give you a lot more as a yards after the catch kind of creator than you would think for a guy that, uh, is his size and, and has the vertical success that we saw during his days at Oregon. Derek Tate, uh, at Derek Tate NFL on Twitter, and you can follow uh, or check out his stuff at profootballnetwork.com. So looking at the Senior Bowl this week, I know you wrote about Xavier Leggett last week, or Leggett, I got the French-Canadian hockey brain <laughs> in my mind right now, but um, him, is he the headliner, you think, of this position group for this week uh, in Mobile? Yeah, I do, because I want to see, you know, he had a, an interesting career. He really didn't break out 
until it was his final season at South Carolina. And Spencer Rattler, whatever your thoughts are on him, kind of actually saved his draft value if, if there was any, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. after his disappointing time at, at Oklahoma. But Leggett, he kind of reminds me a little bit like profile wise of Josh Gordon, but if you strapped a rocket to his back, I mean, he's, he's two twenty three, two twenty seven. He was listed at in college uh, on South Carolina's website, but he also listed at six, three when he's actually six, one. So you don't know how much you can trust the states uh, as, as far as the, uh, the, the size and weight listings on the actual athletic websites. But when you turn on the tape, there is certainly so much ceiling that you can see but there's a lot of like nuanced details when it comes to his route running and his ability to beat press coverage outside of just trying to out athlete anybody that's in front of him that when you're at the senior bowl you can kind of get a better idea of how he's going to match up against consistent nfl caliber talent and can he create separation consistently in those situations so yeah he's the guy that i'm i'm keeping a very close eye on and want to see you know, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent to kind of get a, a, a better gauge of where he'll fall in my ranks. The, the class in general, is it – I saw you guys did um, your rookie mock draft uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I actually had a dynasty lottery yesterday where I ended up with the fifth and the eighth pick. And I'm looking at – I was looking at your guys' mock. I was looking at some other rankings and thinking, wow, of all the years I've played dynasty, this is like the first year – where it's not just running back, running back, wide receiver, running back, like right at the top of the draft. It's all receivers. Like, is that, I guess, does that say more about the running back draft class coming up, or can it be, you know, a a sign that this receiver class is truly going to be special? I think it is a little bit of both, and I know it sounds like a cop-out of an answer. If if I were to say, if I I was to lean a certain direction, I think this receiver class is just special. Uh, I mean, we're talking about at the top, you got three guys who I feel really confident are going to come in and be instant contributors with the likes of Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. But then you start looking at your Xavier Worthies, Adonai Mitchell, Brian Thomas Jr. You already mentioned Xavier Leggett, Troy Franklin. Uh, I, I love Lad McConkey out of mm. Georgia. Uh, you know, Dantez Walker from North Carolina. Um, there's just, and, and, you know, even that's Jalen Polk. I mean, the fact that I'm able to rattle off a bunch of guys that in last year's class, I believe these, you know, any of those guys I just named, they would have been closer to like a, a, a top four or top five prospect grade out wise on my board. And we're going about eight, nine. I didn't even mention Keon Coleman from Florida State. Right, like right. It, it, these guys, <laughs> this is a truly loaded and deep class with a lot of top end tier talent at the very top. And then you start getting, you know, around 10 to 15 deep. Uh, I, I truly think that it has a lot to say about the uh, about this wide receiver class. And oh, by the way, keep an eye on Malik Washington out of Virginia. I actually okay. love this kid, and I'm very, very excited to see how it, he's another guy to keep an eye on during the Senior Bowl. Malik Washington. What uh, quickly? What did you get? What did you like about Lad McConkey? I think I saw he was one of those standouts in day one of the Senior Bowl. Dude, this man could just play. I, when I was watching his tape, there's just not very much that I disliked. Sure, maybe he doesn't have the top speed, you know, juice to to threaten you vertically all the time, and the, the catch radius maybe isn't as you know exciting as a lot of the other top tier prospects. But his ability to, to start stop, 
ex- exceptional short area quickness, uh, able to string together multiple moves, whether it's at the line of scrimmage on the release package, uh, at the top of the stem of his route, or as a ball carrier and, and can change direction on the, on the drop of a dime. There's a lot of formation versatility. You can get him the ball in, in the screen game and, and it, like manufactured touches, uh, kind of a sat- can be a satellite player for you. Man, there's just so much to like about Lad McConkey uh, that, I feel like his game is going to translate well to the NFL. So uh, he's somebody that maybe doesn't have a lot of the elite measurables of some of these other exciting prospects in this class, but the tape speaks to how much, like, I really like this lad. Unintended, mm-hmm. I guess. Before uh, Derek Tate, Pro Football Network Fantasy, they just dropped a couple days ago their tight end rankings uh, for the year, quarterback two. But before we let you go, Dalton Kincaid, how you thought year one went, and how highly you would rank him uh, for tight ends in fantasy going into year two, basically what you would expect from him, I guess, in year two. I So speaking of situations and players that I expect their roles to expand, I, I, Dalton Kincaid's the number two tight end on my board for dynasty right behind Sam LaPorte, and a lot of people think that that's aggressive. I'm, go, I'm bypassing you know, Mark Andrews, D.J. Hawkinson, Trey McBride, I saw the flashes and everything that I need to see from Dalton Kincaid. In fact, there were some frustrating things that why are you getting him off the football field when Dawson Knox is available? I I personally think Dalton Kincaid gives you so much more in the passing game and in a season where they may have to rely on a young receiver like Troy Franklin. Um, And we don't know the situation with Stephon Diggs moving into 2024. Uh, Gabe Davis may not be back. I see the role expanding for for Dalton Kincaid. I I thought we saw all the flashes that we needed to see and had a great rookie tight end season in his own right, uh, in particular and what was kind of a crowded situation there in Buffalo. Uh, And they kind of shifted their team philosophy, which kind of capped his fantasy ceiling a little bit at the very end of the season. But I, I still saw enough to be a firm believer that he's going to be a top five guy in my tight end rankings heading into 2024. At Derek Tate NFL on Twitter. Derek, thanks again, man, and uh, hope we'll uh, catch up again at some point here during the offseason. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. See you later, guys. Thanks, man. Derek Tate of Pro Football Network, and I'm getting some tweets on Troy Franklin that I want to touch on when we get back. I might need to stop talking about him because, as you heard there, like the prospect is so good. I don't know. Also, a question they're asking on Get Up right now that's driving me crazy about the Bills. Both of those things coming up. We'll get to some Sabres in the 9 o'clock hour. Jeremy and Joe, Jeremy off today. Back tomorrow. This is WGR. Instant trivia for Josh. Instant trivia brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Delivered right to your door. Of the 32 teams right now in the NFL, there is... One quarterback, and only one quarterback, who has the last playoff win for two teams. Who is said quarterback? The last third. I think there's a list out there. The 
32 quarterbacks, the 32 teams, who has the last playoff win for each team, there's one quarterback who appears on that list twice. Who is it? I was very confident when you first said it, and now I'm like retracing my steps a little bit. I think it's Baker Mayfield, though. Correct. Wow. I thought it would take more effort for you All to right. get to Baker Mayfield. I, on as that. soon as you said, like, Last, I was like, okay, the Browns haven't won in a while. Yeah. And that was probably Baker, and then immediately went to the Bucs. But then I was thinking, like, okay, but, but yeah, no. Because, like, Baker. Brady was there, and, like, it... Well, Brady, I think, would be a lot of people's guess. Yeah. But that's why I thought you might get it wrong originally and then get to it quickly, because you would guess Brady and think, well, Tampa and New England. But wait, oh, not Tampa, because Baker just won. Oh, Baker. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's Baker basically Mayfield. what I did in my head, like... <laughs> yeah, the Jets, by the way, have not won since Mark Sanchez. The who is did the, you see oh, him the, the other longest? day? Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez has Sanchez? like a mullet now, not a mullet, but just like long hair, like down really? to his shoulders. Yeah, he was on um, Colin Coward's show the other day, and I, I looked at the TV, and it didn't even look like Mark Sanchez. Yeah, it's down to like that's, that's some long hair that uh, that he's got there. Mark Sanchez. All right, Sabres stuff when we come back. Jason Moser will come up at 9.30. Puckluck.com. Trade idea for the Sabres that he's got and I got that I think makes way too much sense for them to not at least try to pull off. We'll revisit our Brandon Bean conversation from earlier as well. How much blame? McDermott gets a lot of blame. Allen gets some for those plays at the end of the Chief game. How much does Brandon Bean deserve? 8030550 is the phone number. We'll get to that, get to some hockey, and uh, we'll keep rolling here on a Wednesday. Jody Biasi, Jeremy White off today, back after this on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.